Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are talking about Tengoku uh, Daimakyo, which also is known as uh, Heavenly Delusion. Which was a recommendation by Miku, and uh, it was a great recommendation. But before all that, we were talking about Rick trying to overcomplicate certain things, while at the same time confusing everyone else around him. And then uh, we were also talking about living in a desert, just unremarkable heat, just stupid weather in general, everything like that. If you want to catch a part of that wider conversation go to patreon.com slash featured anime podcast dollar a month will get you access to that bonus content or if you want to buy some uh swanky swag you go to shop.featuredanimepodcast.com uh buy yourself some swanky swag there and uh help support us like that also if you want to buy some uh other anime swag and things like that that we are uh you know have some uh that we have some affiliate links for you in the show notes for click on those links, purchase anything on there. We do get a little bit of a kickback if uh, you are so inclined to do so. And now on to the me and bro Tatoes. Uh, Heavenly delusion came out in April, 2023 and ran all the way through June of this year. So it is a recent roundup uh, producers for it are, uh, Kodansha, NBC Universal Entertainment, Avex Pictures, just to name a couple. Studio Ford's production IG source is a manga and it's 13 episodes long. Uh, the genres for it are adventure, mystery, sci-fi, survival, and sending. Now, uh, I just want to say before we really kind of delve into it, talk about it, anything like that, there are this, this anime is not exactly for the faint of heart and it does touch on some pretty triggering topics, especially towards the end of the series. So if you are, uh, kind of squeamish, I want to say, or, or if you're kind of, uh, you know, you, you can't handle very tense or, or emotionally charged situations. Uh, this is not going to be a show for you, but in regards in general, this is a great show that you should, uh, that you can enjoy. And it is, uh, so heavenly delusion, uh, takes place in a post-apocalyptic future that actually is not too far into the future. Uh, it's about takes place 15 years into the future when a disaster struck, uh, dangerous man-eating monsters are now kind of roaming the land and, and destroying everyone or eating people in general as it is. Uh, they pose a constant threat for the remaining survivors of the world. Uh, in this uh, turbulent time, uh, isolated facility uh, shelters children and nurtures them in peace. Over a few among them uh, find out about the world beyond the narrow uh, views of the nursery's wall and are cur- and their curiosity continues to grow. That's one side of the story. The other side 
of the story, outside of the wall, outside that facility, you have young survivors. Maru and uh, Kiriku uh, are together venturing forth, trying to find a place that's called heaven. Uh, both of them, for their own reasons, carrying on and 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 moving forward. Uh, uh, but also at the exact same time, they have past burdens that they are carrying with them. More so, uh, Kiruki, uh, uh, Kiruko, more so than Maru, I would honestly say. Uh, they hope to find answers as the cruelty of the world kind of ventures on and moves forward as a whole. And uh, that kind of like just wraps up, I feel, the general story. You know, it, it focuses predominantly on uh, Kiroko and Maru, but it also focuses on the facility and the children. And uh, you you kind of like develop an understanding and and uh, kind of like get the feeling of what's going on while everything's kind of moving forward for them. I got a weird question for you. Yes. How many times did you watch it? Once. Once. I rewatched the first three episodes because it was not easy for me to follow. It was incredibly difficult. And I think it might be beneficial to let everyone know that you're following two different timelines, like two, two different time periods, if you will. Um, are I was you? in the school. Huh? Are you? I would. I Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. There is no doubt in my mind. They they don't say it. They don't hint at it. They don't discuss it. They don't anything of it. All right. So that is, and I'll say this right now, uh, spoiler, like this is like jumping straight to the end for our conjectures and viewpoints on it. There is nothing to suggest that, especially in the first 12 of the 13 episodes. Fair. fair. Okay. So there- so, well, kind of keep it to that, and then we'll we'll discuss the ending portion of it as we go further on. All right? No, hundred percent, I agree. Okay. The reason why I say that is in it's very common what a man eater is when you're talking to the people outside the complex. Inside the complex, it seems like it, it's the Garden of Eden, heaven, literally a scientific facility that cultivates, grows, and and uh tests scientifically uh creatures that are not human yeah totally tests yes what do you mean tests yeah i don't test. i don't understand test do you know what a test is oh test i thought you said test p-e-s-t no test t-e-s-t tests yes well the reason why i thought that there were two different timelines as early as episode four was the babies that were fat like were not discovered but were looked at Mm-hmm. By the inhabitants, but the the school kids were childlike man eaters, but they didn't realize that they were dangerous, and and no one really had any safety protocols around them that I could see, and it seems very um, very new. So that that's where I'm coming from with it. Um, that said, the two different lifestyles seemed very complementary, whereas in the outside world, you've got our two main characters. Kind of just bumbling and stumbling and locking, if anything, if you can put it that way, their way through most of the scenarios that they have to deal with. And your first encounter with a man-eater is, in my mind, an overprotective mother who was like, a man-eater ate my kid, but my kid's still in there, and this man-eater's actually protecting me from would-be assaulters, would-be 
like dangers and yes. I'm being protected. So obviously my son is still in there. My son cares for me. And in the middle of her talking, just a razor wire comes out and slices her two bits. Oh, wow. It, it was a shock to my system. It was like, oh, it's going to be one of those things where you can humanize. Them. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it's was, yeah. The, the show definitely does take very dark and, and drastic turns. And, it, and I feel like they do that tastefully, but also at the same time, very gratuitously. Uh, and they they definitely don't leave much to the imagination as to what can happen to someone in regards to whatever is going on. Yeah. You know, it is most assuredly like, oh, no, they they may have had a reminiscent or, or a viewpoint of X before, but that is not the case now. And it is not easy to kill said individuals, you know, the man eaters, as those things are called. Yeah. Uh, however, one that I've go ahead. go ahead. I was gonna say, there's only one main way we, we can see that the man eaters themselves are being killed. And well, you know, from- you know that they can be killed through other ways. It's just not easy. And the reason why I say that is because mm-hmm. beginning of episode two, they talk about how, uh, how one was killed in this, in Tokyo yep. where, uh, where, uh, they were right. Yeah. Basically and, a headshot, a lucky headshot. Yeah. Um, but earlier in the show, they tell you that, Oh yeah, these guns, these shotguns don't really work against the man eaters. They, they're able to defend or unless you have a point blank range where you literally blow their head off yeah, or cut them in half. And sometimes not even that works. They're so resilient. Yeah. If you're and, able to get to the heart. Yeah. You have to find a way to be able to get to them or make it so that way you can kill them. And it's there is no easy way for them to be able to do that. Now, one of the weird things I thought in my mind was I was like, this is they're they're probably humans that ate something and got converted. And a little bit later on, I feel like there's strong evidence to indicate that um, they're people because um, how many? What's the dude's name? Starts with an M. Maru. Main character. Huh? Maru. Maru. Yeah. So Maru has a thing where he touches, physically touches these man eaters and somehow reaches inside of them, either psychically, visual. I don't know how he does it, but he's able to crush their heart and, yeah. and just it, the one he grabs it, grips it. And, and when the blood seeps through his hand, the blood also seeps out every orifice of this man eater. And well, it doesn't. It's gruesome. It is gruesome, but that doesn't always bleed out of every orifice of the man eater or anything like that. It's sometimes it does because of how they die. They spew out the blood or something like that, but it's not. They they don't just start expelling blood out of everywhere. I'm trying to do a thought. I I don't remember. There wasn't a scene where that blood was not involved when he killed a man eater. The fish, the fish fish deteriorated. Right. But it didn't spew out blood everywhere. Yeah. And it's just, I'll give you that. You no, know, I mean, like, how would you, what would you do if you had your heart crushed? You know, you would like out of your the biggest opening that you can, you'd probably spew out blood yeah, too. That, that's, that's fair. But in every other instance, other than the fish, it, the blood seems and to even the seep out through the skin. the first one as well. The first one as well, just spewed out the blood out of the mouth, not every orifice. Just, just out of the mouth. Fair. It was a geyser. That's, that's yeah. fair. Okay. But every other one that I, I saw, cause it seems very, 
It's it's how it's because it you saw one particular instance and you're like, this is it. This is it. No, not just one. Every time he killed the white little um baby ones, they spewed blood everywhere and were seeped in blood and killed the well, bigger they, one. They, they also the- burned, but not all of them burned. They didn't spew blood everywhere. They just like kind of fizzled out too. And then you also could do say the exact same thing for the other one that died too. Blood didn't spew out everywhere, just like kind of croaked, just like l- politely died. Stop the one breathing. that was frozen? No. On the wall? No. Which one politely died? The 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 lady. She just just breathed out her last breath and died. Oh, the the when she was still human. Yes. See, that doesn't count because she's it not does, man It totally yet. counts. It 100% well, that, counts. That also leads to my lens to my uh, theory well, that they're humans that were transferred, that were, that were um, somehow transformed. Well, aside from the fact that they said it, I know. But yeah, I mean, that, that, like, that, I don't know how <laughs> that theory is pretty far fetched. I mean, like, it totally well, coincides with what point, they exactly said. Up until that point, it was just a theory. I agree. Yes. But I felt it was a really strong theory because he also was able to reach the heart of the um yes. <laughs> the, of the, the, of the hotel that tried yeah. to tried to take advantage of him. Yeah. But again again, you know, <sighs> it's like blood didn't spew out everywhere, all right? And it it literally is like if person A dies and you don't find this out until like probably Halfway through the series, I want to say three quarters of it into it at most that that uh-huh. man eaters and and it's not like it's a widely known thing. It's like it's just like hey, and I I feel like it's also not everyone in in general. It's select individuals or people who were born, and I feel like it's it's born in a particular area or time frame when this actually happens. Okay, I can see that, but it, uh, so. When you have our two main protagonists rolling around scrambling, it's a dystopian hellscape. Yes, essentially. Po- hence um, the term verbiage I used at the beginning: a post-apocalyptic future. Yes, <laughs> because it is. It is exactly that: a disaster-struck human civilization. There are dangerous man-eating monsters now roaming about the land, and it is a post-apocalyptic future. Let's uh. Well, I just feel like it, the reason I use the term hellscape is because they're searching for heaven. And I think it's quite interesting that you find different people along their path that have a different idea of what heaven is. Some are like, there's a tomato heaven. Some are like, well, well if I go to... To to, to to clarify, uh, Kiroko says tomato heaven because they talked about tomatoes, but there isn't... Mm-hmm. There wasn't really tomatoes... There, there was a lot of other things that were being grown there too at the exact same time. And, and to be fair, and to be fair, the reason why she was calling it that is because everyone also was saying, like, oh, like they just grow tomatoes there. Well, in case you didn't know, and I, and I know this from, Mm -hmm. from working in an industry, uh, that had a boss that was very sensitive to said topics, tomatoes, have the have the same care as and growth as marijuana. You don't say. Yeah. So 
a lot of people really? when they're talking about growing <laughs> tomatoes, tip, they they can also be talking about, oh, I have a large tomato field. It's like, well, they could also be talking about their pot field. So it's a very, very... I mean, that's fair considering what you see. Exactly. Like they go to the tomato farm and these guys are get, like working during the day and getting high during the night. And they, they begin very graphic with it. They weren't hiding anything. I, I, I liked that they didn't shy away from certain topics. Yes. Um, and the visuals here were, were pristine. Um, yes. But it was very, yes. very realistic, I would say. Not, eh, yeah, yeah. I guess, because the way they reacted to certain, in, well, obviously, it's not realistic in the sense that you've got man-eaters. But it was realistic in the sense of um, cause and effect. I am doing this. The reaction to this is that, and it, it seems very regular. Um, <laughs> it just, it felt very genuine. The interactions they were having, the distrust of everyone they came in contact with, even after they gained their quote unquote trust that they, they kind of didn't. And you have certain people who were like, I can make the whole world better thwarted by people who were like, they can't. And it, it just, the biggest thing to me that was, I guess, out of the norm was that our main female slash male protagonist had a female body, had a depressing backstory, but had the brain of the female's um, brother implanted in the brain. Right. So basically, the guys, the guy died and something happened to the sister, I think. Oh, and no, no, you know, something happened and, and I'll talk about why, why I say that Okay. in, in a minute. So continue on with your thought. Okay. So the little brother was eaten halfway, at least by a man eater and his sister saved him, kind of ripped him out of the man eater's mouth and the man eater just kind of meandered away. And she, in my mind, had a psychotic break and Somehow, some way, there was a doctor who transplanted brains from the little boy to the the girl. And the the dude wakes up and he's like, I I feel weird. My voice, it's not my voice. It's and I was thinking this could be one of two things. Before you see the 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 backstory and the scars, um, you're like, Oh, psychotic break, you are now just reliving the trauma of losing your brother to the point of you became your brother. And then after the scars, I'm like, oh, crap, something happened to the sister to make her either lose her mind, lose her function, become comatose. And one of the only possible solutions was a brain transplant because she was physically bodily able, but mentally and mind mindfully gone. Right. Which and, which I uh, which I agree. And so one of the characters that they're looking for, the character's name is Robin. Now. Uh, Kiriko uh, is looking for Robin because they grew, uh, you know, he or, or she um, was very infatuated by Robin, always looked up to Robin, looked at Robin like they were family and everything like that. However, uh, I feel like and this is like venturing into the, like the last two episodes of the of the show now. So keep this in mind, people. Um, <laughs> when Robin sees Kiriko, he gets horrified. And I feel like what he did was he actually, when she was, when her brother was like mortally wounded and dying, she was upset at 
him at Robin and Robin actually killed her or, or maimed her or something caused her to, to be mortally wounded. And so the doctor was the one that was able to transplant his brain into her body because she was brain dead from it, but, and, but he was still mentally cognitive. So the entire show, with the exception of the last, what, two episodes? Yes. You are looking for Robin. And, and another the doctor. Guy. Yes. Well, up and through the entire story, Robin is considered to be like Robin Hood. That, that's, that's how I figured they got the name. Not necessarily stealing from the rich, but like providing for the poor. Running an orphanage, being a good guy, being a genuinely good human, trying to help wherever he is. And you pick up the trail and they're like, and, and every story you hear about Robin, he's a fantastic guy. He, he came into town, he helped everyone, and then he left without even saying goodbye. Yeah. So when you finally do meet him, he's horrified. Like he, It was a look of horror, wasn't it? Just, just oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and, like and, he uh, saw a ghost. Yeah, and uh, Kiriko even said, like, he, why did he have that look on his face? Like, what was going on, right? So, you know something happened. You know he did something to, to be horrified to think that, that she was still alive. And then, and, and this is the trigger warning. This is like the, the, yeah. the, the... If you got a weak stomach, turn it off. Right. Skip forward 10 minutes. Exactly, because what ends up happening is Robin looks at... Kiriku like she's a girl even though he knows mentally it's the boy and I believe and I, I feel like they had uh, Kiriko and Robin had a relationship before possibly physical possibly almost surely physical before well, possibly consensual possibly consensual before this time though yeah not so much in fact he he straight up cuffs and rapes they don't show it thankfully they don't show it, but the dude straight up just rapes and he forces. It, it gets close to showing it. It does. Fa- forces uh, Kiriko to look at the mirror because he says, and I guess he's getting off on it. I want you to watch me do this to your sister's body, to yeah. her body, to, the, yeah. to, to was, who it, you love. I want you to watch me do this to the person you love. And it is yeah. sickening. It is purely sickening. Two straight days of this. Yes. According to the story. Yes. And like, I, I fully expected our other main character to bust in and stop everything and, and, oh, and yeah. save everyone. I, I fully expected that. And then when that didn't happen, I went, Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh. I did not expect that from the show up until this point. Yeah, things got kind of got bad, but it got bad in the gory way, not the psychological way. Yeah. And of course, you know, that's when my wife decides to sit down. She goes, what are you watching? Was it was it all like this? Like, no, no, it absolutely was not. It was not any kind of any time you, you see any kind of physical relation between our two main protagonists it is rejected thoroughly. Yeah. Without exception. Um, and it didn't get very far. It, it, it's the, the only the closest thing to any sexual contact you see is probably episode what one when it's Kiriko like one, undressing three. It, 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 the teeters on it throughout a little bit. They have some fun with it a little bit throughout, but it's. I'm it's, just saying when he, when he looks in the mirror and almost kisses the mirror. Yes, but that's because he has a thing for 
Kiriko, right? Yeah. Like he wants to kiss her. Um, but it also kind of gets like that a little bit when Maru mounts uh, Kiriko as well. When they're, when uh, it's like episode three or four. Yeah. When they're like, I love you. Yeah. He's like, I'm a dude. I'm a dude. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's not even that it's, it's even after that, like when they're being saved from the bear, when he jumps off to get the battery. Oh yeah. All right. So it's I mean, teeters a deal on is it. A deal. <laughs> right. Well, <clears throat> it teeters on it all the way throughout. Right. And you could tell that Kyoto code doesn't mentally comprehend like how they are perceived like truly, you know? Yeah. Well, they, they, they essentially say that they're like, what do you see me as? Like, is this a trick question? And are you going to hit me again? Yeah. And he's like, no, you, you see me as a woman, right? And he's like, well, yeah, well, if you grab that battery, I'll let you touch my boobs. And mid set, like not even finishing the sentence, you see the other guy drop down a good, what? 30, 40 feet. Oh, yeah. Into uh, where a a literal bear is trying to attack them. Yeah, and and lure them out, and he runs and grabs the battery, and somehow scampers back all the way up. <laughs> After the ordeal, he's like, "You owe me. <laughs> a deal is yeah. a deal, man to man. A deal is a deal." <laughs> right. So, but again, you know, I mean, like it teeters on that, and this is one of the show. This is the show that that kind of teeters on that all the way throughout because. The norms of society and everything like that are just kind of gone. There's no police. There is no no government there to really kind of help you out or anything like that. There's it's you and the world. Here if anything, they did pick the, the government as the bad guys. Anybody well, in, a, in authority seems to abuse it. Right. Well, I mean, like anyone in an authority will tend to abuse it, but that's not all that they do. They also uh, like they're they talk about the Ministry of Reconstruction or something like that, right? And it's a myth. Like nothing ever happens until towards the end. And then they're like, Oh, it's the people that are they're trying, but they don't understand like what and Robin's tied to them, but they don't understand Robin and the kind of creep he is. I think they Because no, they right. even they said no. They even said, like, what the hell was he doing out here? What the heck hell is he doing? Yeah, they don't know what kind of creep he is, but what they do in my mind know is that he's in charge and he hides things. The reason I say that is he's got locked doors everywhere. No, they said there was only one locked door. It wasn't that there were locked doors everywhere. They're like, oh, this is the only locked door. Interesting. Well, let's open it up. The keys are right oh, here. That's true. That's true. Oh, uh, going back to it. Eventually, um, what uh, I'm, what's the dude's name? Are you talking about Maru? Maru, thank you. Maru does come and save the day, and he beats the crap <laughs> out of Robin, and I love it. And he keeps hitting him, and he keeps hitting him until um, ah, Kiruko? Kiruko, yes. yes. Kiruko, sorry. Tells him to stop, that it's not worth it. Yeah. And you see how strong he is by when he kicks the wall afterwards in frustration. He, he leaves a massive crack in concrete. And you're like, you knew this kid wasn't normal begin with right but he's just straight that in my mind evolved what this character actually was yeah um now and then when they go back and find the keys then unlock the locked door where robin was he's he's no longer there and he just he split like without saying goodbye as his mo is yeah yeah exactly so they i mean like now granted we're not touching on everything we're we're kind of leaving to some to the imagination as to 
the finer details is like what's behind the locked door, what's going on, and like what's in the box, what's in the box. But you know, all <laughs> that information, that. honestly, like you'll when you're watching it, you'll really kind of find out and you'll start making the connections and you'll you'll go, Oh yeah, this is totally what this is over here, this is what this is over here, and this is what's going on over here. Like all all everything starts to make sense. The only thing that I don't like is is that it's only thirteen episodes long. I feel like there's going to be a season two. There's got to be the way, you know the way it ended open. ended. What if, what if now, hang on now, hang on, hang no on. game, no life. <laughs> no. What if season two is promised Neverland? Oh, I don't like that. No, I don't like that at all. Cause we only talked about, um, now we, we, we talked about, we talked about, uh, promised Neverland possibly being linked to Tokyo ghoul, but I feel like this is a much better fit. Or promise never oh 100 percent. It, it the mo was 100 percent there um but we only really talked about half of the story like we left the facility almost alone completely for a reason i feel like but um I, the, the facility the is itself. yeah the facility is lightly touched on and the facility is it it's kind of like the side story not the pivotal story but it's like the side story of the main story, like all this, all everything kind of like leading up to this big climactic point. And you are led up to this really big climactic point that you will not see. Yeah, that is true. That is real true. One of the things I thought was kind of, kind of interesting. Um, do you remember? I mean, obviously you do. In, in one of the episodes, there was a guy who had an 11 tattooed on his arm. Yeah. He was unfortunately captured and forced into what I would consider to be slavery and enforced reproduction. Yes. Um, his he, offspring in this new world had abilities. Yes. Similar to the man eaters, but he, he wasn't one. Right. Well, which is also why, you know, like why I wanted to kind of like touch on it towards the end is like why I believe that it's only people newly born in this world and not the people that were born before the post-apocalyptic event. Like the abilities are constantly growing and they are morphing more and more as shown by the youngest member that we have seen out of all of them, Juichi's baby. I mean, I wouldn't even bring that up, but we talked about it a little bit earlier. I brought it up. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that was, yeah, I guess he would be the youngest. He's the youngest one that we've seen. Hmm. So uh, yeah, there, there's a, so much more I could get into about the plot, but I'd be giving way too much away, unfortunately. Um, and I, I, I feel like if I was to go more in depth, it'd be one of those things where you wouldn't need to watch the show. Cause we told you everything about it. Right. Um, but what I will get into is the graphics. Now this felt very similar to cowboy bebop. Well, mm. I think you mentioned that that was, uh, like they shared animators. No, no, I don't. I could have sworn we talked about Cowboy Bebop was. We did, but it's about the new project. We talked about this last week on the pre-show about the oh. about the Lazarus. Oh yeah, this is not Lazarus. <laughs> this is this is already out and aired. Lazarus yeah, is no, not coming out. I, I remember, but I don't. I didn't remember it was about that rather than this. This felt very reminiscent to me of Cowboy Bebop with the fluidity of the motions and the fight scenes and everything like that. It it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I'm a huge fan. 
I, I agree. The animation was really great. The it was very fluid and wonderful. You know, the the art style was great. I enjoyed every minute of the art. Uh, did not remind me of Cowboy Bebop. It did not have Cowboy Bebop at all for me. Hmm. Okay, I figured that Robin reminded me of. Um, uh, I can't believe I'm drawing blanks. Main character in Cowboy Bebop. Spike. Spike. Yes. Thank you. That's where I thought the movements were. I thought, granted, characteristics, not even close, but I thought the artwork, art style, the, the concept came from Spike. But uh, yeah, no, I just thought it was legitimately awesome. It, it's a great show. Like, there's no no doubt about it. There's no shadow of a doubt about it. Um, the way the monsters were drawn, they, they were so unique. Everything was very well done. There is, like, very little... Art wise, that I could, that I would be able to critique in any way. I didn't notice any music, did you? Yeah, I did. The music was there. It was when it needed to be. It was prevalent when it needed to be. It wasn't prevalent when it didn't need to be. And then the opening and closing I mean, was also yeah, very the, well done too. I enjoyed enjoyed all of it. There was a few episodes that actually had an after credit scene, which I thought was kind of cool. Yes. So that is something that you should also keep keep in mind when you're watching it. Is that there are after credit scenes, some of them, not all. Of them. Yeah, not there, there, there are some. Yeah, I really do hope there's a season two. Me too, but um, it just wrapped up for season one, so yeah, like a like, month ago, maybe. Not yeah, even. actually, ex- like exactly a month ago. So uh, as of this recording, anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, a year from now, he said a month. What the? <clears throat> anyway. Yep. So I don't have too much more beyond that, sir. What about you? I got nothing, bro. All right, then. On a scale of up to 10, how would you rate this? I would give this an 8. I No, no. I got to give it a 7. I didn't like the story. I didn't like the progression of it. It felt troubling to me because I couldn't follow everything on the first viewing. Um, but everything else is great. It has a phenomenal base. And if the story were to continue, I have no doubt in my mind I would love every second of it. However... Because the story wasn't where I wanted it to be, but everything else was visually stunning. The the concept, the the motion, I loved every second of it. The color scheme, perfect. You could tell when things were good and things weren't good. They didn't shy away from blood. They didn't shy away from broken bones. It was gory to the point of tastefulness. It wasn't over the top. You didn't see guts hanging out, nothing like that. Um, I just, I really liked it. So that that in my mind made up for a lot of the, the lack of plot so seven what about you uh, i thought the plot was there I, I actually enjoyed it the story wasn't hard for me to follow i was able to put it together as we were progressing on and and it was laid out in such a way where you could look at it and go oh yeah no that's totally what's going on here that's totally what's going on there this is what's happening here oh yeah i remember when they were talking about and referencing that and then oh the ending sequence or the opening sequence now makes total sense to me because they had talked about this. And so now that makes sense to why that was being shown there. And like, it was, it was very well done. I enjoyed it. Um, and the reason why I say that is because in episode two, you learn that, uh, Kiroko has the mind of her brother mm. in her body. And at the beginning, when you're watching the opening credits, you see the boy wearing the jacket and then the water ripples. And then you see Kiroko. And it's like, well, that's kind of weird that they're showing that. And then they explain it. And it's like, oh. So there's like things that kind of like tie into the 
into the opening credits and everything like that too. If you're paying attention, it's like, Oh, that makes sense. Like they have to mm-hmm. live life like this and he's dealing with this and, and they do play on and touch on other aspects in society as a whole for them right now. So I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a eight respectable for go once here. You got a higher number than I do. Yeah. Uh, I would love it if we had more episodes. Uh, yeah. Season two I, can't start soon enough. Right. Like I understand why they were flip-flopping between the, the facility and them. However, at the exact same time, I didn't, I felt like it detracted from the story as a whole. Cause you're, you're getting really invested in what's going on over here. And then they break you out of it to show you what's going on over here, over there. You know, it's like, so you're looking at yeah. point a, and they're like halfway through point a and they're like, all right, cool. Let's look at point B. And you're looking at point B. It's like, okay, so, so this is what's going on. And then they pull out, pull you out of point B. And, all right, let's go back over to point A. I didn't like that. I understand why they did it. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. For me, it was too jumpy, but either way. So, Next. So eight, so eight for me, seven for you. Uh, and now we're going to look at next week's, which is reincarnated as a sword. I've heard good things about it. I haven't seen it yet, though. Uh, I have. So I know that a few others have also seen it and that they have also liked it in a discord. I mean, like, honestly, it just makes total sense that they should, you know, that we should. I mean, like, I know that cats in our discord is also has, has watched it. I started it and I enjoyed it. I know that talking about it uh, a year ago. Yeah. When it first came out, well, he and I both were a little bit. So that's where we're going with. (laughs) Sounds good. I can't wait to see it. All right, man. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, I got, I got nothing else. You want to throw anything in there before I wrap up or I wish I could, but like we, we talked about it all without going. All right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you feel like we got something right, something wrong, did it too much justice, not enough justice, feel free to let us know all our contact information and everything like that's available for you in the show notes. You could also go to featured anime podcast.com. Uh, all our contact information and everything like that is available to you on there. If you want to buy yourself some swanky swag and uh, help support us, you can go to uh, all the affiliate links that we have for you in the show notes. Uh, clicking on those links, purchasing something on there. We do get a little bit of a kickback and it's very much appreciated. Also, if you want to support us by getting some bonus content, a pre-show sh- that we usually do with everything and sometimes a post-show, you go to uh, patreon.com slash featured anime podcast, a dollar a month to get you access to that bonus content. Or if you want to buy some swanky swag from us, help support us directly like that and support uh while wearing a bolson around or have them on a nice mug, you can go to shop.featuredanimepodcast.com. And until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Rick. And we'll see you next time. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.